everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Fitness Candor Podcast. I'm very lucky and happy to uh, introduce my uh, a new friend, I would call, and probably we decided a distant uh, distant cousin by relation uh, in, in terms of a strength community, uh, Bill Pache to the podcast. He is, uh, we, we met because he is the founder of cyberpump.com, and everybody who listens to this probably has seen that I've been uh, posting that I was just published on Cyberpump, and uh, I've, I've been a member of Cyberpump for a couple of years now, and they have a ton of good information, and uh, Bill has over you know, 30 plus years of experience in the strength training industry, and uh, I'm super excited to have him today. So, Bill, thanks for taking time out on a Sunday to, to join us. Uh, thanks, Eric. Uh, it's uh, really good to, again, talk to you. Like like I said, last time we were talking, it seemed like we were just going on and on. I could have done that all all day, actually. Yeah, we should have probably recorded what we ju- what we did last week and what we just got done doing, because we just had like a mini rant 10 minutes <laughs> on street <laughs> yeah, training. So we actually probably just said forget it and just press play and kept going and then did, did the intro later, but that's okay. Um so I just want to tell a quick backstory about how you and I actually got got connected because I I uh, was trying to log on to cyberpunk.com just to check out some articles because it's an absolutely insanely awesome website for real strength training articles and uh, and blurbs from people who have been in the business for a long time. So anyway, I tried getting on there and I had to re-up my membership, which is only 12 bucks, which is you're probably really undervaluing the website, but I'm sure you'll get into that. And I reached out to you, said my password wasn't working, and basically uh, you reset everything for me, and we were good to go, and then you asked me if I wanted to contribute, and I I got so freaking excited. I ran upstairs, and I told Melissa, my wife, and she was like, oh, my gosh, that's awesome, and then, uh, so here we are. So uh, before, though, I got hooked on to Cyberpump, I listened to MindForce Radio podcast, and that's when I learned about your book, How to Train, Transform Your Physique. And you talked about it on there, and I loved how simplistic it was. So I bought it, and because we seem to have uh, some like-mindedness in terms of eating, sleeping, training, and sure enough, it was just you know, it was spot on to what I believe, and I've told a lot of people about it because it, it, you can talk to people till you're blue in the face, but if you have something that's broken down like that book is that you wrote, it's it makes it much easier to say, hey, here's what I believe, but better yet, go check this book out. And it's an easy read, and it's straight and simple. So um, I'll put a link to that at the end of the podcast, too. But tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into the biz. Well, it was um, – I'd started training back in 1979 uh, for high school sports. Uh, a lot of guys had gotten started that and uh very quickly got hooked on powerlifting because I wanted to look like Franco Colombo, believe it or not. And uh, that's all you had was the Weeder Magazine's Muscle Builder back then. And I thought the ticket was uh, to get and look like a bodybuilder was to be a powerlifter. And so I immediately started doing that and um, started in about 1981, actually, and did competed locally at the state level. And along the way, um, at work, believe it or not, um, I'm an engineer by day, and uh, we had started a, a new, uh, looking at a new CAD program, basically, for systems 
basically systems design um, back in uh, early 90s. And uh, we had an internet connection, one of the first ones at the company I actually work at, and got hooked on the news groups. That's all there was. The first browsers were first being invented back then, and Netscape was one of the first browsers. Uh, and uh, we got that browser, and at, back then all there was was text, actually, when I first got on the Internet. There was no images, and then quickly uh, images followed. And a fellow engineer basically said to me, hey, you can get your own website. And there was a, a startup called GeoPages that was out in California, believe it or not, at a bank. And uh, I signed up for a free website. And back in in those days, majority of the websites were all link websites. Everybody linked to each other. And it was kind of funny, but uh, I scoffed at Yahoo <laughs> back then. <laughs> it's like, it's like ah, look at this. This is just a bunch of links. Nobody was providing any content, literally. Um, in that time, there were a few sites, just a, literally a few sites related to strength training. And they were link sites. And... So I had the idea, well, how about actually providing some content? And through the news groups, um, I don't even remember, Rob Spector uh, was, was one guy, and then Matt Brisky was another um, that I ended up hooking up with, and they started writing along with myself uh, for a, a website that I ended up naming Cyberpump um, and through this GeoPages. And the address, back then it was GeoPages, the tropics or something, because they kind of had basically neighborhoods is what they had. And uh, so the website grew because we were providing content. The other thing was was uh, to update it. Um, most of the websites were not updated uh, very often. And so I saw a niche there and said, well, let's provide some content and basically update uh, every day if we can. And it grew from there, and it really was born in 1995, and so um, it continued to grow, and we outgrew uh, GeoPages. I basically got booted. <laughs> there was too much traffic, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was way too much traffic. And then uh, basically at one point, um, I had to either um, – back then, nobody would ever use a credit card. Uh, just right. throw that in there. No one ever would ever trust that, unlike today. And the website needed to either live or die and, and by um, people donating. And so I created a donators area, and that was over a decade ago now, and it was a dollar a month, basically. And the majority of the people supporting the site either was going to shut down or it was going to live on, and it ended up living and and the people had to send in, I got a P.O. box, and people had uh, uh, donated. Their members, uh, a members area back then um, was huge taboo as well. If you were to say you had a members area, forget it. Uh, no one would ever think of contributing or trying to donate. Um, so anyway, long story, uh, today uh, the, the site basically still lives. And it's getting from updating since uh, it's been 21 years now, almost on a many times a week. Um, it's a huge uh, library of articles from a huge amount. Um, Dr. Ken, Matt Brisky, Bob Whelan, you name it, lots of strength coaches as well. It's a huge repository of like a library of common sense training and nutrition information.
So um, what what did what kind of content were you first putting out? What was uh, so some of the I, very first articles and things like that? So that that's uh, kind of the one of the things and kind of one of my lessons learned was uh, keep an open mind um, because you continue to learn when you do. I, I was uh, back then there was the hit versus periodization wars that started on the news groups and then carried over um, into websites as well. Um, there's an infamous uh, article even written by uh, Dr. Fred Hatfield, Dr. Squat, um, Hit by the Hammer, I, I believe was the name of the har- article, if I remember correctly. There uh, Basically, it was high-intensity training. Um, a huge influence was Dr. Ken. Um, and and uh, I haven't mentioned it to you, Eric, before, but it was through Powerlifting USA um, that I really got on to just made sense from a training standpoint. Uh, Dr. Ken had a long-standing co- column in Powerlifting USA. And so that's yeah. where the connection uh, to HIT came from uh, was because I was powerlifting, and that was the only information on powerlifting uh, back then was Powerlifting USA magazine. And so it got to the point where I was reading Dr. Ken, it would come in the mail, and that was the first thing I'd open up Powerlifting USA, immediately go to Dr. Ken's column and uh, read it uh, over and over again. So um, it was really, um, it has been foundationally high-intensity training. Um, Although I didn't, as I mentioned to you before when we talked, I really haven't, didn't really learn what that was probably until about the last five years, believe it or not. Yeah, so talk about that. Talk about how your transition from being, you know, a, a power lifter and what that means and and how you got to what you're doing now. Because we had a really interesting conversation before we started this podcast um, about how you train now versus versus back then. And you're in your 50s now. And I think a lot of people don't, don't realize how um, how you can still train hard and safe uh, you know, leading on into life, because you hear a lot of people say, "Well, you know, I don't, I don't need to train like that anymore because I'm, you know, 50 plus years old." And the, I think you'll be able to describe the transformations that you can make and how you can safely train hard and still make progress. Well, one of the biggest things is, is, as I mentioned before we started, was lifting weights versus um, actually working the muscles appropriately. Um, for a long, long time, um, I thought the only way to progress was adding weight to the bar. And uh, I was lifting weights, which means I wasn't pretty much feeling directly like I should have been um, in the actual muscles that I was trying to work. And at the same time, what you couple that with is what I call putting accelerations on your body, which is basically you lifting with momentum and using other muscles, uh, many different muscle groups when you're trying to actually, for example, do a bicep curl. And it, it wasn't, the other, the other huge thing was time as a factor in exercise. And I know those that know Arthur Jones, he wrote an article and, and until probably within the last five years, I didn't really understand what, what a huge factor that is and what an intensifier it can be as well. Basically, I was sitting around too much and spent too much time resting um, when I was weight, when I was you know strength training. So that, in essence, is the biggest thing. Lifting weights, um, I learned what that is versus actually real strength training. What 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 kind of training mistakes did you make other than maybe resting in between? What, I mean, 
what would you say if someone came to you now and asked you what they should be doing? What would you what, what would like your top three recommendations be? Well, the the first thing is not get so hung up on on continuously trying to add weight to the bar every workout. That was probably one of the biggest mistakes because that leads to form degrading as well to, to get the weight. And if you start doing the math, I, I've written articles on this. If you start doing the math, you'll see how ridiculous it is. For example, on a squat, you know, say, for example, say, well, I'm going to go up five pounds a week, you know, in the squat. That's not right. possible. Five times 52, you can do the math. It's 260 pounds. So what ends up happening is, uh, in addition, is, is you end up injuring yourself. So people end up having to do this, you know, two steps forward, one step back thing as well. So I ended up with a lot of minor nagging injuries over the course of time that would basically, um, you know, put a halt to my progress as well. And using way too much momentum in what I was doing and just trying to get the weight because, again, I was trying to add weight to the bar all the time. And, yeah. and now my, my point, there's a lot of different ways to progress. And like I said, the, the huge variable, again, is uh, for, for me that as far as I'm concerned is time because you start putting that variable in there and your workouts are, are going to vary significantly if you're not aware of how much time you're taking, not only during the set and how you're performing it, but also especially between exercises and how you're and how you're doing it, and also setting aside ego is part of that too. Oh yeah, um, big time. You know, you know, if we would have had, if you look at social media today, for example, which which is there's some pros and cons to it. The one neat thing about it is you get to see the genetics pool a lot. <laughs> Back then, you had no idea. You know, for example, when I competed in powerlifting, you had no idea except for, you know, Powerlifting USA, and that it tended to be, you know, very, very limited. Unlike today, you can see, you know, okay, what is a 400-pound bench press or, you know, a 400-pound squat? You know, there's a lot of people putting up videos and, you, and social media and everything, so you can see more or less a, a lot of people making the same mistakes as well. But also, okay, where does it kind of lie from a genetic standpoint? Of course, the selfie is another one, right? Physique-wise, <laughs> right? Where where are you on the physique realm, you know, as far as genetic, right. genetics go, you know, where you at the back of the line, the middle, at the front? So you've got a better idea now because of, you know, everybody posting, you know, ab shots in the mirror, you know, with, a, with their cell phone. So unlike before. And and also you have a better idea what natural and unnatural is as compared before. Oh, yeah. You know you just have all that information out there at your fingertips. So you got you can kind of see what the genetic pool is is really like and where you you kind of stand from that standpoint. Um, unlike before, there's no such thing. Yeah. Do you think that do you ever get approached by people and and ask? I just had I was having this a, a text conversation today with someone about uh, how they train, and when people come to them, they're like, oh, hey, I want to do exactly what you do, so I want to look exactly like you look. Do you have people do that to you, and do you have to explain, hey, you could do this workout, but that doesn't mean you're going to get the same results, or how do you ever, does that ever happen to you? Uh, actually, no, <laughs> because of the no. time. <laughs> well, the time I train, um, in fact, if you, if you can, uh, I'm on Instagram, Cyberpump on Instagram now, um, but if I've posted pictures the gym where I train, I, I even on weekends it's open twenty four seven. 
I've shown up. I'm the only car that pulls up there at six o'clock on a Sunday. So there's, oh, yeah. uh, there isn't very many that are, that are trained during, at the time that I, that I train, you know, so it's, it's between six and six thirty in the morning, no matter what, whether it's the weekend or, or during the week. So, um, the amount of people I, in, it's just not busy. So I don't, I yeah. don't get that, which I'm okay with actually. Oh no, definitely. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of on the same. I'd rather, like you said before the podcast, I'd rather have, uh, an empty gym, gym to train in than, you know, be bombarded with, with everybody. But, uh, when I was talking to my friend, she was telling me how, and she's a trainer also, she's telling me how people will just come up to her. They don't want to necessarily work with her, but they're just like, hey, write me a program. I'll do exactly what you do. And, you know, I'll get your results. And she just has to explain. She's like, look, <laughs> that's not exactly how it works. There's a lot of other factors that go into it. Like, what are you eating? How, how are you sleeping? What's your, What's your stress level like? You know, there's all sorts of different things. And the body type, which people don't uh, – I think people really took the the whole science behind what genetic factors. I think maybe 10 to 15 years ago, people really, really um, bought into that. And now recently when you talk to people, it's kind of like that's almost like a joke now, at least from, from, my, from my perspective. When somebody says, well, you know, genetics play a lot into it, you hear somebody laugh like, yeah, right. Like no, seriously, they really do. <laughs> it's a big thing. The whole, uh, like I said, you mentioned other factors, and um, one of the other huge mistakes we we won't get into it because we're we're talking about kind of the lifting aspect of it, but it's uh, nutrition and what I used to eat. That was probably right. it, you know overall, if you were to ask what the biggest mistake uh, that I made, period. Um, in, in the strength training and, and, you know, we'll call it strength training, bodybuilding, fitness. It's, um, in what I was, my diet and what I was eating. Um, but that was, that was the number one thing. So, uh, don't, I, I agree with you because if you look at, at me, for example, and you say, well, uh, based on even when I was in my twenties and what I look like now, um, you could probably say that I was a different body type <laughs> based on, Based on when you looked at me at my in my twenties versus now, you might you might say something different, and I'm still the same person. And what what, what would you contribute to that? I mean, was it overall your training style and coupled with your nutrition? Like what when you said uh, what your nutrition used, nutrition used to be like? Obviously, when you're younger, you can get away with a little bit more. But how has it progressed over the past, let's say, like twenty years? Well, it. If, back then, I was it was um, proteins number one, and uh, that's all there is to it. I I had no clue how many calories I was taking in at the time. Um, it was just get a lot of protein uh, and anything and everything um, I could you know I could eat back then. But what I didn't realize from a physique and even a recovery standpoint, um, I was way off. And, and if I would have known what I know now. Um, my, I probably would have, um, you know, I was just, just thinking about that the other day. I probably would have, um, done my PR deadlift at least, I would say 10 to 15 pounds lighter and more muscular. I, I would say at least 10. Um, and it would, it would have been due to diet. So I would have been just as strong, a lower body fat and, and therefore the, you know, my, my best deadlift would have been, um, more over body weight per se than than it was back then when I did it in 1989. So I would have been a stronger lifter. I would have been leaner, 
and in, so in stronger per pound of body weight um, back then. In my, in yeah, my opinion, have, if I would have if I would have known what the heck I was doing on diet wise. Do you still follow the the whole um, like Olympic lifting scene, powerlifting scene? Is that something that you're still into? No, I I stopped. Uh, well, powerlifting USA went defunct, which is why I stopped subscribing. I had been a su- subscriber since 1981, and then I can't remember when it went defunct, but I was on one of the longest time subscribers actually. Um, once it, that stopped, and I kind of re- I retired probably officially from actually doing it in the in about the 1994 time frame. Um, and, and part of it was due to, to just kind of reckon myself. My body would rebel any time I tried to deadlift heavy. Uh, my back would get inflamed. And thank goodness I didn't have any disc problems or anything like that. Um, so which then got me on to grip strength, <laughs> by the way. It was the only thing that I hadn't, hadn't worked from a body incorrectly, <laughs> by the way, from a, um, a, you know, a strength training, you know, lifting standpoint was grip. Um, and, and hard training uh, got me on to that. Brooks Kubik wrote an article, and I learned about the Iron Mind Captains of Crushed Grippers um, from that. And and so that's that's kind of how I even uh, transitioned into the uh, doing grip, you know, grip strength and yeah. working the grippers and, and plate pinching and other things. So Yeah. You, before, before we go into that, when you were powerlifting, would you see people that would just try to get bigger and bigger and bigger because they thought maybe that was the key to their their success? Yeah, no question. That's that's still the today to a large degree. Although um, it is a lot better in comparison, just because again all the information that people have uh, in yeah. comparison to yeah. you know, twenty thirty years ago, they've got better nutrition. There's just more focus on it. Um, see, but you do get the whole uh, again. I see a lot of of young people again that are just uh, not even competing. They're too focused on the powerless, and again, not eating. You know, even when they're quote on a cut, you know, they're eating like Jimmy Dean sausage and and, and just crap. You know, and and you're not going to get. You know, it's not healthy, and it's just not going to be optimum anyway, regardless. Um, so yeah, yeah. that's just uh, so. Uh, yeah, that's the the thing about it I like about powerlifting today. Um, forgetting about all the the equipped lifting that was going on with all this the suits and stuff, and that started the bench shirt started. I was part of the beginning of that when I when I was still powerlifting. Is the is the whole basically they've gotten rid of the suits and then they just have el- um, you know sleeve knee sleeves and a belt, which is great. That's one thing I really like. I, I wish I could have competed. In a in a time where it was you know they call it raw but um, it was such a pain in the butt to to do those tight suits and everything like that and with tight wraps it was <laughs> yeah crazy. it was just crazy it was like exhausting just trying to put your suit on and, and oh, having so to, funny you know, to watch the video yeah it's just it was just ridiculous you know you walk like a mummy and you know you can bear you can bear you can't squat yourself without you know the bar pushing you down and it's just it just got ridiculous and. Uh, and the whole raw lifting is is great today. Um, I, I love the. I still love. I'm still a fan of you know of all the different aspects: bodybuilding, powerlifting, strongman, you name it. I'm still a great, a big fan. So, how did that lead you into uh, grip grip training? Since you brought it up. Well, it because it was the only thing I had wrecked <laughs> oh. in my body. <laughs> um, no, I I basically it, it 
Um, not very many people had done it at that time, which was before 2000. Um, basically, the captain of Crush. I thought it was cool. Um, yeah. You know, not very many people certified in, in, at that time. And I thought, um, well, let's see, you know, how far I can, can go with this um, and, and start a grip training. And um, ended up... Um, Certifying um, in 2000, God, I can't remember, 2001, I think, as a captain of Crush. Um, okay. And that's kind of how the grip uh, grip board got started, too, uh, as well, is, is just basically trying to get information. So I was, uh, I've was i always been a, a, a person to try and get as much information as possible and take it all in, um, especially as, as I've gone on, um, I've, I've gotten more of an open mind again. And uh, that's key. Uh, again, if you go back to mistakes, not having an open mind and, and be willing to learn from everybody and anyone, even the guy that, that you say, well, that guy is, a, you know, he's doing this or that, you know, or he's, you know, goof or, the, you know, or, or whatever. You need to keep an open mind. You can always learn, even if you get a, a little bit of new information, you can always learn from everyone and, and keep your mind open. Uh, once you close it, and think you know everything, uh, that's when you're going to stop learning and stop growing. Right. Even if you don't necessarily agree with it right off the bat, if you put even – I think the biggest thing to to piggyback that is do your own research first, sit on yourself, or before you make the judgment. I mean, because it it may not work for you or it may work for you, but at least then you'll know for sure. And if you don't like it, then you don't have to subscribe to it. Exactly. That's that's why I've learned little tidbits from, you know, like I said, uh, uh, some odd uh, people you never or I agree with. I don't agree with everybody on everything. Obviously, no one's going to have that. But but there's no. some things that you go, yeah, that that makes sense, you know. And I, and I agree yeah. with. Um, by the way, the whole um, nutrition, although it's nutrition related, the whole bulking thing, I've I've learned it's like no, especially for someone that's natural and in and, and lifetime drug free. The whole bulking thing is was, was something that uh, I, I was listening to a, a very well-known uh, uh, personality in the fitness industry of the mainstream fitness industry, and he basically, yeah, and he's a steroid user and, and known steroid user, and he said uh, is, bulking is, is not something you want to do, and, and he gave some really good reasons that I've learned myself, and I was like, okay, yeah, I agree with this guy. Well, how can you agree with that guy? He's just, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, he's right about this, you know, so uh, that's what I mean about an open mind. I, he, I, I may not agree with everything else that he's doing, but on this specific topic, you know, he, he based on the experiences that I've had and, and also um, looked into, I, you know, I was in agreement with the guy. So yeah. I, I'm not going to dispel it and just say, it, you know, now he's 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 totally wrong when 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 uh, about everything just because I'm I'm going to pass judgment, you know, on on other things and just say he's everything that comes out of his mouth is going to be completely wrong. Um, so right. that's what I mean about being an open-minded and you know do your homework yourself, which is why if I hadn't done the, my own homework and everything up to that point then I probably wouldn't have been able to even assess whether I, at that point, have enough information to say, hey, I, I, I think we're in alignment, believe it or not, on this. Well, when, I think when some people, when they do, when they say something doesn't work and they're 100% sold that it doesn't work, even if they've tried it on themselves, more than likely they didn't try it long enough or it wasn't hard enough. You know? No, I agree. People want to have yep. that. 
people want to have like the instant, okay, I've been doing it for a month and I haven't seen anything. That's a month isn't going to be long enough. So that you get a lot of that, you get a lot of that kind of commentary. You get a lot of, uh, well, you hit on it. If somebody says, uh, well, they, they used to do this, but how can, how, if, if you don't agree with this person, uh, in this category, how can you agree with the same person in a different category? And it's, exactly. you don't have to be, we're in this, I think the internet is a perfect example of, it's such a great thing because there's so much access to knowledge, but at the same time, it's, it divides people because you can get with so many like-minded people on either side of whatever platform you're looking into. And if you just want to be on one side with a thousand other people streaming the exact same thing, but you're not open to, to hearing the other side, then it, you know, you're fine and dandy because you have 999 other people telling you that you're right. And uh, that, didn't, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're doing the right things and there's nothing else out there that, that's going to work. There's so much other, other information out there that people don't look into, and we get stuck in that rut of just going down one rabbit hole and staying in it instead of going down a rabbit hole and bearing, you know, going off into like a different direction and trying to search, search for new information. So if we're not yeah, looking for so new information, it's, it's kind of, you're, you're stuck. You're going to be stuck in a rut in your own training or for training somebody else. You're, you're not going to give them very good uh, benefits. Just the open mind concept is, is something that people don't do often enough. And in, in the other thing I don't do, which is ironic because it's what got Cyberpump started, which was some of the controversy in the, uh, um, at the beginning of high-intensity training, is is I never um, get in arguments online I, way back when. No. Um, just not something or it, whatever it is, just even in general. Because I, I can't say I'm 100 there, – there's just so many variables involved in, in, in every aspect right. of training and fitness that – I can't say right now. There's no way that I'm going to be absolutely right about about anything. If that was the case, uh, I'd be a multimillionaire. If, if I knew all the answers exactly. and said I was absolutely right, I'd be a multimillionaire because I could say this is exactly how you need to do it, and and I'd have a cult following and everything from that perspective. And there is no such thing. And so that's why, like I said, from an open mind standpoint, unlike you know 20 years ago. Um, I'm willing to, to uh, I, I want to take it all in and then assess. And, and that's what I like about this. The biggest thing is I love the experimentation. Um, I, I love using myself as a lab rat. Uh, I really do. I think that's one of the, for some reason, it's just something I really enjoy doing. And, and it's basically experimenting on myself um, without without hurting myself, of course. <laughs> of course, right, right. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, yeah, there, there's – especially for if you're really into – if you're only trained by yourself. Now, obviously, I have clients that aren't going to do that. That's what they – you know, they, they rely that – they put that on me, which is great. You know, take I, I'm taking care of somebody else. I, I basically, what I tell people is they ask me what I do. I don't always say personal trainer. I just – I take people's exported uh, willpower, and I – and I use I use that on them. <laughs> so like I'm, I'm somebody else's willpower. Like they show up to the gym and I push them as hard as I can be pushed. But um, I've asked clients before. I'm like, hey, I've got this new idea, or or there's a there's a training style that I think could really benefit you. Do you want to try it? And I'll I'll run through like a quote unquote mock workout, and then if they liked it, then we can go from there. And sometimes people really get into it. And they're like other times they're like, no, nah, you know what? I kind of like what we've been doing. Let's just keep progressing. I'm like, all right, cool, no problem. But 
that's kind of where I'm in a unique position in terms of that because I can kind of I could go down like a super slow or I could do you you name the exercise program and I I have the opportunity to ask somebody if they want to try it or not and that's that's a unique standpoint. Yeah, you basically get uh, some extra lab rats besides just yourself. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I get, yeah, I get lab rats that pay me <laughs> to make them lab rats, which is great. Yeah, that is that is that's awesome. Uh, pretty nice. But hey, what uh, what other kind of are you working on anything else right now in terms of like website or maybe uh, training right now? What what else do you have going on? So probably the the biggest thing. Uh, I'm still with uh, running the grip board. Uh, that that's that's a given. And and then I'd li- also like to give a, a shout out to to someone that helped open my mind to along the way. Um, in his his site is part of. You probably saw it, Eric. His site has been part of Cyberpump for a while. And and you'll uh, when I describe how we kind of how we kind of um, got together and, and how he's on Cyberpump, you, you'll kind of see how my mind uh, helped become open, um, is Joe Rourke in Iron History. He's one of the, um, I believe he's one of the greatest um, um, bodybuilding and, uh, uh, historians that there is, and he has a site, ironhistory.com. And he was the uh, IFBB, which is Flex Magazine. He had an article, uh, a column in Flex for years. Um, He's the IFBB historian. Um, So uh, right now, Joe runs his site. Um, I'm continuing to to run uh, Gripboard and, of course, Cyberpump. And and one other thing as far as Cyberpump goes, I'm trying um, to basically uh, get a little bit more visibility because there's just so many websites out there and we still are yeah. surviving. And I, I mentioned, um, thank goodness to, for uh, the grip board because it, it's helped from that perspective over the years. And same thing with Iron History. Um, been able together collectively stay aboard when, you know, supplement companies exploded and, you know, um, you know, all all sorts of other avenues of of information exploded on the internet, and it's just been exponential. So, just to stay viable, I've started um, on Instagram, um, have been before on on Facebook, Cyberpunks on Facebook as well, and in trying to provide some uh, common sense information at this point, um, especially at the Instagram route as well. To help promote the site, just to keep it um, viable and out there. Um, so yeah. that's basically what what I've been doing uh, lately. Well, with, with that, I, I uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to link your your other uh, forum grip board, and I'm going to uh, link some Iron History um, and Captains of Crush. Uh, it's on IronMind.com. And, you bet. Uh, and I think I'll, I'll throw up your Instagram page too and Facebook uh, to this podcast and just get this out there and get more people thinking about their training and not just uh, going through the motions and not not learning and to your point keeping an open mind about training because there's so much out there. So Bill, again, thanks thanks for sharing some info and we'll have you on uh, very soon again. All right, thanks, Eric. Appreciate it.